Welcome to Brief Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. Right guys, welcome to another episode of the Breathe Success Podcast. Today I have with me Nick Hith. So Nick, um, I've come across Nick on the social media and I've looked at his website and he is, it seems to be an expert on breathing uh, and how breathing is so important for our health in today's world. Um, I myself have been looking into breathing for a few years now probably not as much as Nick, hence why I've got an expert here to, to talk to us about this. Um, but I believe breathing is, is one of the most important things alongside sleep. Um, so Nick, why don't you introduce yourself to, to the listeners, tell them who you are, what, what you're all about, and what your background is. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Elder. Uh, really glad to be here. Appreciate you bringing glad me to on. Have you. Yeah. So um, like probably most of the people that have heard of breathing recently, I got started through Wim Hof. Um, of several years ago, I found him and became kind of obsessed, started doing the, the breathing every single day. I took his 10 week online course and just loved it and thought it was like the greatest thing ever. But over time, uh, I was doing that for about a year. And I started noticing my energy kind of going down. Um, I was getting home from work, taking afternoon naps, like every day, trying mm. to get a nap in before my wife's yoga class, just felt drained of energy, which was weird because originally the Wim Hof method was giving me a ton of energy. Yeah. And so I don't know if it was that or what it was, but in any case, I, I found um, Patrick McCown on a podcast and he has something called the oxygen advantage. Yep. He was talking about something I didn't believe in, right? He was saying, breathe less, breathe through your nose. Yeah. Uh, you don't need as much air. And I thought this is, this is ridiculous, but for some reason it did, it resonated with me and it might've been the lack of energy. And he was speaking of you know, increase energy, increase oxygenation. So that night I actually went to Walgreens, bought some, some paper tape, slapped it on my lips. Uh, I didn't make it the whole night. I think I woke up with it, yeah. you know, on the pillow or my yeah. hair or wherever, but I had a bunch more energy and I was like, okay, this is, this seems legitimate. Next couple of days, just my energy skyrocketed. No more afternoon lulls. You know, I just felt like a whole new person. Mm. And so of course, then I got the book, read it, started practicing all the other exercises. And about three months later, um, so I'm a type one diabetic. And yep. about three months later, my blood sugars were just in amazing control. And I thought, this is crazy. You know, why? Hmm. Well, how, how did breathing have such a downstream effect on so you know, my energy now my blood sugars. And so I'm not a respiratory physiologist or a pulmonologist. But I have a little bit of a, you know, I have a science background, but not in, in the medical field. So I was like, I'm going to go see what all the experts say about this. And so that's kind of sent me on this journey of uh, first I went to, to Patrick himself and got trained in the oxygen advantage, mainly for myself, just to kind of learn it. You know, I just wanted yeah. to learn it more and what better way than to become a teacher of it. Absolutely. And then I just started reading papers. I mean, I just picked one and then it's been a snowball since and just trying to combine how does breathing, how did breathing have such an impact on my blood sugars? And then that's kind of snowballed into so many different yeah. aspects of life, like you said, different things, sleep, all these different things that are important for overall health and well-being. 100%. Uh, yeah, get tied back into it. So I've kind of become obsessed with it, and that's, that's kind of what I do in all my free time now. Amazing. So uh, what do you do in terms of, because I know you, research, you do scientific research, what, what's your field? What field do you do that in? 
Okay, so yeah, my background is in meteorology. So I, I have a PhD in meteorology. Um, okay. And, and so I've been a, a research scientist really probably since like 2011 when I started my master's. But, um, but professionally, I've had my PhD since uh, December 2015. So, so looking um, at papers for you is, is pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's pretty much an everyday occurrence. Now, yeah. this is, you know, it's a different field, but I, I feel like it, it's taught me how to, you know, find useful references that's usually the key you read one paper and then you have 20 yeah. of their references and then you read you know and it snowballs so um can i ask you the question what was it what was the thing that got you and similar to you you know i listened to to uh, a podcast with wim hof in it uh, when when i came across the breathing technique of wim hof breathing and i myself continue to do that i'm going to be honest with you i don't do it every day i i, I do I am very conscious of my breathing every day. I do exercise, exercise breathing every day, but not the Wim Hof method every day. Mm, yeah. If I'm honest with you, I don't know whether it's ever changed anything within me, the Wim Hof method. When I'm doing it, I certainly feel, you know, the lightheadedness, uh, the, 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 the pins and needles, and it feels like something is happening, you know? <laughs> but afterwards, I don't quite know whether there is any benefits to it or not. I don't really know because... I feel normal anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it's, it, it got me thinking about breathing, which was before I never used to think about breathing at all. So it got me thinking about it. What was the thing that got you to look into breathing? What was the first thing that I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this? Yeah, the, I guess the very first thing was a book um, by Mark Devine. Okay. I think it was called Seal Fit. He's an ex-Navy SEAL, and he talked about box breathing. And this was probably 2014 or so. I just kind of, I, I read it and, and practiced it here and there, but I kind of forgot about it. But something about when I heard Wim Hof on a podcast, it just, you know, it just, he's so yeah. charismatic. You yeah. know, you just love the guy immediately. So you're just like, okay, I, I got to try this. Um, so that's what made me like interested in breathing and, mm. and got me into it. But I like to say that Wim Hof is kind of the gateway drug into oxygen advantage because it really, like you said, you feel good while you're doing it, but yeah. then day to day, it changes your mental aspect, right? You, you yeah. feel like a little bit more invincible. You did, you just did 50 pushups holding your breath. You feel strong, you know, yeah. but, um, but it wasn't until the oxygen advantage where I noticed just baseline jumped way up. I went from this level to like, wow, I have so much more mental clarity. Yeah. I have so much more energy. My sleep is better. You know, it all, it's all related, but of it was course. just like this one little change made all the difference. And so that's where I became super hooked was that basically that one night of, of taping my mouth is when I realized breathing, there's something to this. So in terms of your Wim Hof method, you said you started pretty, you, you felt good. But then towards kind of like the end, you were starting to feel negative effects from it. Why do you think that is? What was, it, what was the thing that was giving you negative effects there? I think for me, it was the habitual mouth breathing. Because so, you know, in the Wim Hof method, you just breathe through your mouth, whatever. He says yeah. it doesn't it matter. matter. Yeah. Mouth. yeah. And, and for, for that purpose, he, he's right. You know, it doesn't really matter for that small period of time. Mm. But with someone, if someone makes it habitual, so that's kind of what happened to me is I ended up mouth breathing all the time I would find myself just walking around you know yeah taking these big breaths for no reason I had no need for that air and uh so I think that's I don't think it was the Wim Hof method I think it was just that I became habituated to that style of breathing you, and you started applying much. exactly and then of course at night if you're doing it you poor sleep quality yes. and so I think it kind of aggregated and I think the first 
six or eight months of it, I was doing uh, of Wim Hof. I was also doing like a ton of hot yoga and things that were like, I was sweating a lot. I was probably compensating for that over breathing mm-hmm. by like getting really hard workouts. And then I moved, I got a new job and my schedule kind of changed a little. And sure enough, my energy just like plummeted. And I, I was trying to compensate with more Wim Hof or more breathing, yeah. breathe, breathe, breathe. And it turns out that was probably the, the bad approach. <laughs> so it was an accum- accumulation of quite a few different things and that yeah, of course, yeah. those energy levels down. Because yep. what, I, what I don't want to do is because if, if people may be listening to this and thinking of doing the, the, the Wim Hof method, that, that, that will happen to them. Because like, like I said, oh, no. you know, yeah. I do it, I do it, I don't do it. I, didn't, I, I don't do it, overdo it at all. If I do it, it's probably three, four times a week in the middle of the day where I maybe come back to the gym from the gym, I'll probably do three or four rounds of the Wim Hof, have a cold shower. I don't do the, 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 the press-ups or nothing like that. I kind of just do the breathing and it feels good. It feels like I said, when you're doing it, it feels like you're lightheaded, you pins and needles, you feel like something is happening. And, and as you mentioned, you know, when you listen to Wim Hof and then the way he talks, it's, it's, it's very much like, wow, you know, this, this, this stuff is amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, it's yeah. Free, and it's free of charge, but I've never, <laughs> exactly. You know, this is the thing with breathing. I always tell people there's two things in the world that are free of charge and you're not taking advantage of them. One is breathing. The other one's sleeping. Yeah. You know, this is it's like, why are you paying me? You know, just go, just go and sleep well and breathe well. And so many things are going to the right place. But, um, right. but I do, I do enjoy it and I still do do it. But I have come across other methods. Um, I, I then read a book, I can't remember the name now. It was a gentleman that kind of studied Wim Hof from the US. He went on this, uh, uh, he climbed the mountain, climbed the mountain, uh, what was it a mountain called Kilimanjaro Kilimanjaro yeah, okay. yeah he did the whole thing with him and uh, he wrote he then wrote a book about it and again that got me more into into it that's when I came across also Brian McKenzie because he mentioned a lot about about my McKenzie in the book do you know anything about Brian McKenzie do you follow any of his approaches yeah yeah so I think the book is what doesn't kill us that's the one yes yeah and and interestingly I think so he just wrote a new book Oh, I can't. Remember. It's Scott Carney, but I can't That's remember the, the name. Scott was. Carney, yes. Yeah, Scott Carney, and I think so. When he interviewed Brian McKenzie and for that book, Brian was doing, I think, some similar Wim Hof type of super That's ventilation it. and things. And so since then, he's kind of switched over to a a more carbon dioxide focus. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, you can do those those fast breathing and and get some immediate effects, but if you want the long term health benefit, performance benefits. It's more about uh, training your body to tolerate carbon dioxide better, which comes back to nose breathing, slow breathing, breathing less, and and that's going to increase your resilience. So yeah, I definitely follow a lot of uh, Brian's work through Power Speed Endurance. It's him yes. and uh, Rob Wilson. They have The Art of Breath. And um, I, I've never taken that course, but I follow a lot of the same principles. And yeah. that's kind of what I found through all this research is that it's not really about any techniques. Um, it's not about Wim Hof or oxygen advantage or, or art of breath. It's about principles that you can apply to your, it, it's free. You know, like you just said, yeah. it, it's free. You follow some really simple guidelines and, and you'll get the benefits. So there's a lot of techniques out there, but if you, if you dive into them, they all are kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. So what are the benefits of, of obviously mainly what we, what we, what we see now is nasal breathing, not mouth breathing at all. What are the main benefits of nasal breathing most of the time? Yeah, so there's there's tons of them. It's hard to, to say them all, but your top five. 
Okay, yeah. So the the warming, so warming the air as it comes into your lungs, and then also humidifying, and those are those are really important. Um, and there's a book called Restoring Prana that uh, has a really good analogy. I, I'm going to steal it because it just it, it makes the picture so clear. If you think about on a cold winter day and you get chapped lips, hmm. you, you know how that feels. The inflammation it hurts. It's it's yeah. just not fun. Just from that cold dry air. And if you think about that going on in your airways and your lungs when you breathe through your mouth, if it's not properly conditioned, you can start to see how that could cause issues with inflammation, with if you so quote unquote chapping of of the airways. Yes. And so warming and humidifying is a big one. And then uh, it naturally is going to slow down your breathing, which is always good. It's going to help you activate that parasympathetic response. Mm-hmm. It's also going to... Um, reduce your volume of breath. So as I, I just said about carbon dioxide training, um, when, you, when you're breathing nasally, you're going to retain more carbon dioxide. And that's got huge benefits throughout your entire body that we can get into if you want to talk more about it. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth one is, uh, is the most important, and that's nasal nitric oxide. So okay. that's, that's the key to, or in my opinion, uh, all of everything's important, but nasal nitric oxide is one of the, the most the, the primary benefits of breathing through your nose. It's a such an awesome gas. So it, um, it's first, it's going to help sterilize the incoming air. So it's like antiviral, antimicrobial, and that's going to help with fighting against infections, you know, and against yeah. airborne pathogens. This is your body's first line of defense is, is your nasal nitric oxide. And then there's cilia, these little tiny hairs that are lining the airways. And so those are, those are what that and the mucus is what traps inhaled particles and pushes them back exactly and so if you nasal nitric oxide enhances the functioning of those so not only is that the nitric oxide itself going to help defend but it's also going to help the your other defense systems and then what where it really gets interesting is then it's also a, a a potent vasodilator so it opens up the capillary you know it, it lets more oxygen uh into your bloodstream because you're getting better blood flow in your lungs and you're getting a better matching of the air coming in to the blood flowing through your lungs so that you get a better match of oxygen to blood and that's going to increase op- oxygen uptake in into the bloodstream which then downstream is going to increase oxygenation throughout the body and so there's actually studies showing that just breathing through your nose increases uh, oxygenation of, of, of peripheral oxygenation. So, not, you know, not just in the blood, but in your tissues and cells throughout your body by up to like on average about 10% in healthy wow. adults. And so what they did though, is they, they let people with uh, breathe in nitric oxide through their mouth and they got the same benefit. So what it showed was that nitric oxide was the driving force behind increasing whole body ox, uh, oxygenation, which is pretty crazy. If we breathe from our mouth, we don't get nitric oxide. No, they, they, gave, uh, they gave it to them. So they, uh, yeah, whatever, like they were, ex- exogenous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Synthetically. Yeah. But what, what causes uh, this, this breathing from the nose? How come we, we can get nitric oxide from the nose and not from the mouth? What's the deal with so, that? In the paranasal sinuses, it's it's continuously released. So you're basically right. always producing it in the, in the paranasal sinuses. And then, so as you uh, breathe in, you're going to take some of that down into the lungs. And then as you breathe out, you're going to exhale some of it. And so that's actually how they found it, I believe, is through measuring it in the exhaled breath. And right. so then they that's how it became discovered. And, and now it's kind of just like, we know it does a bunch of amazing things. So it's awesome. So in terms of the carbon dioxide, so we breathe in oxygen, right? And we breathe out 
carbon dioxide. What is the, um, the benefits of keeping more carbon, uh, carbon dioxide within our body? Yeah, th so the first is something called the Bohr effect. And this is essentially what, what we're saying, or what this, this scientist, uh, I think it's, I, I can't remember his first name, but what he discovered is that in the presence of carbon dioxide, more oxygen is released from the blood into the tissues and cells. Right. So if you think, okay, we're going to breathe in oxygen, that's great. You know, we need to get it into our blood. But what's important is that the whole system is there to transport that oxygen into the cells and tissues that need it. Hmm. And so carbon dioxide aids in that process by allowing, by loosening that bond. So when there's higher carbon dioxide, it loosens that bond between the hemoglobin and the oxygen, and that oxygen can then be released where it needs to be. Fair and enough. so that's, that's, that's the main benefit of carbon dioxide in the blood is that you're going to get better oxygen release, but it's also a vasodilator as well. So it, it relaxes the smooth muscle and that's going to increase blood flow. And that's especially important in the brain. So um, it, it acts as a, a potent vasodilator in the brain. And so it's basically, it's doing a lot of other things. Um, there's a paper that shows that it increases nitric oxide as well in the blood. So systemically, okay. not just, in, you know, I've been talking about inhaled nasal nitric oxide in, in the lungs, in the respiratory system, but nitric oxide is clearly really important in your bloodstream as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so I haven't read the paper, but I've seen, uh, I've seen the abstract and things that it increases uh, carbon dioxide helps with that as well. Right. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so this is a question that potentially everyone's listening to this thinking to themselves. How do I know whether I'm a mouth breather or a nose breather? <laughs> well, yeah, there's, it's, it's really just noticing your breath is what it comes down to. Um, for nighttime, it's really easy, right? If you wake up with a dry mouth, um, if you wake up super fatigued every morning and, and you got plenty of time in bed, you know, if you were sleeping a lot, but you're still tired, it's probably, it could be that you're mouth breathing. And, and so, yeah, if you wake up with a dry mouth, that's pretty obvious, but really, if you just notice your breathing during the day, um, how, you know, are you breathing shallow and upper chest or are you slowing down your breath through your nose and just letting it be relaxed and effortless? And that's, that's kind of the goal is just effortless breathing when, yeah. when you're not exercising. So just noticing your breath is really the, the most important the, thing. So whilst you're awake, noticing, just having a deeper understanding and looking, thinking, okay, how am I breathing right now? Exactly. Whether I'm sitting here, whether I'm walking downstairs, whatever it might be the case. So it's just being aware. And then when you're sleeping, just a dry mouth could be a big sign. Of yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. So uh, basically, um, I, 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 when I started looking into this, I thought, right, okay, um, maybe I am breathing through my mouth. I, I, some days I'd wake up with a mouth a little bit drier than others. Um, so I decided to, to get some mouth tape, right? Okay. Which, which, which created big laughs around uh, my, <laughs> my household. And my wife was teasing me quite a bit, to be honest, because I looked a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but I also got some nasal strips. Um, because obviously nasal strips open up uh, airways in, your, in your, your nose, which get more ox oxygen in. At least it feels that way anyway. Mm -hmm. I, I, look, I looked a bit like a, an alien with mouth tape and uh, the nasal strip. But I'll be honest with you, the first night, similar to yourself, I put it on and I woke up in the middle of the night. It was, I don't know where it was. I must have took it off. And I've mentioned it to people, but it's not something that people seem very keen on. Um, it seems something of a, of a, uh, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not putting mouth over my mouth. That's not normal. That's not right. You know, why am I doing that? Um, so what's your thought process on taping our mouth? Maybe getting a, a, a nasal um, tape. 
Uh, what's your thought process on that? Do you think it's something that most of us should at least do for a while? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's my number one tip is, is if you're in good enough health, if you can breathe through your nose during the daytime, maybe try out the tape, make sure you, you, you don't feel too much panic or anxiety. And yeah, please try it. It's, it can be a, a real life changer because breathing through your nose, we just talked about, you know, I listed five benefits yes. for you. Um, those are all going to occur during sleep as well. Mm. And there's little receptors in your nose that basically stimulate rhythmic breathing during sleep. So that's important for keeping maintaining rhythmic, rhythmic breathing during sleep is using your nose. There's been studies that have shown that just basically forcing participants to clamp their nose at night and breathe exclusively through their mouths, it induces sleep apnea. So it's wow. it basically just mouth breathing alone can induce sleep apnea, can induce snoring. Wow. There's actually a, a, a new book coming out called Breath by uh, James Nestor. And I've seen that, it, yes. Yeah, it looks, it looks really interesting. And, and I, I listened to a podcast with him. And I guess as part of this, he did one kind of experiment on his own. Oh, you know, he experimented with a lot of things, but he actually had a, a, a real scientific style uh, experiment done on himself where he clamped his nose for 10 days or, or, or you know, uh, put some silicone in it or something. Yeah, yeah. And then had all the biomarkers recorded, him and a friend. And he, he, got sleep apnea. He snored for like four hours a night. He said his energy plummeted and then they switched him to taping his mouth and all of the numbers immediately reversed. And, wow. and so it sounds pretty fascinating, but, um, but the science really backs that up. There's, um, there's other studies showing that by mouth breathing, it actually increases resistance in the upper airways. So that kind of gets back to what we were talking about with the inflammation, with the chap lips, by breathing through your mouth, you're going to cause inflammation. It's going to cause upper airway resistance. And that's going to basically can lead to the collapsed and obstructive sleep apnea. Yeah. Whereas breathing through your nose actually reduces the resistance, which helps breathing uh, go easier. And so the nasal strips, I think, yeah, of course, if, if you're new to it, please do whatever you can to make it comfortable for yourself. And I yeah. think that's the most important thing get comfortable and make sure you feel okay doing it, but it can definitely be a game changer. I'll tell you what, when I first started using nasal strips, I, I, it was a huge game changer for me because I could feel more, more air going through my nasal. Um, and not only that, I used it for uh, training when I was training as well, and I got so much more energy on the back of that. And again, you know, it's one mm. of those things where you look a bit weird wearing a nasal strip. But I remember we're going back maybe 10, 15 years ago uh, here in Europe, footballers were wearing a lot of nasal strips mm -hmm. it was quite kind of a thing and I, back then i didn't know why they were doing that um but they don't do it anymore now i've not seen any sports whether whether even i don't know about in, in the us but here in europe football they don't or soccer they don't really wear it anymore but they used to um but i think it's, it's a game changer for sure the mouth tape did definitely take me a while to get used to <laughs> I got the Somnifix brand. I don't know if um, you've heard of that one. Yep, yep. Yeah. But what brands would you recommend in terms of oh, what's the best way to tape our mouth? Yeah, that's, that's kind of up to you. I'm pretty simple. So I just go to the local pharmacy and get, actually I ordered on Amazon now, but just it's called 3M Micropore Paper Tape. So you can okay. buy like 12 or 16 rolls of it. It'll last you probably a whole year for like 
15 bucks or <laughs> it's pretty cheap, but there's, there's some really great companies like Somnifix. Obviously that's a really great one because it's made specifically for sleep. Yeah. There's also one called Lip Seal Tape, which they actually just changed their name to Simply Breathe. But I think if you do Lip Seal Tape, that's, that's probably the easier way to find it since they just made the change. But that one, that's what my wife uses. So like you said, my wife thought I was crazy for a little while, but eventually she, yeah, now she's, she does it now. She's done it for a while, but she likes that one because it can be really hard to get tape off of your mouth in the morning with some of the paper tapes that just gets and it kind of hurts. And so anyways, yeah, so uh, Lip Seal Tape. And then there's a new one called Myo Tape. And that's okay. Patrick McCown. That one doesn't actually seal your lips, though. That one presses together to kind of pull your mouth together. Okay. And okay. it's for it's made for children, uh, kind of as like a first step. But they have adult sizes too, because a lot of adults don't. You know, don't it like gives that tape. anxiety. Yep, exactly. So that's a great option if if covering your mouth seems like it's going to cause you anxiety. That's probably a really good option. One of the interesting things you said at the beginning was that um, when you started doing these breathing techniques, uh, the slower breathing, uh, no, that it had an imp- impact on your on your blood sugars. You with you being a type one diabetic, what's the connection with that? Yeah, so there's there's several. Uh, that's what I've kind of dedicated my whole life to now is, is trying imagine. to figure that out, right? And um, so one, since we're talking about sleep, I think that's one of the biggest ones. So I think we all know how detrimental lack of sleep is, right? You know, oh, if you go like two days with six hours of sleep, even you, you get, you know, your, your cortisol skyrockets, your insulin resistance skyrockets. And so deep sleep is, is really important for resetting, mm-hmm. for, for healing and for insulin sensitivity specifically and, yeah. and lowering stress hormones. And so these are all things that diabetics deal with on, you know, daily at basis. a higher, yeah, yeah. A daily basis and on a higher level because, we might wake up in the middle of the night low or high, our blood sugars are fluctuating during the day. And so just switching off to a more parasympathetic rest and digest response at nighttime is really important for us. And studies have shown that we actually don't. So our sympathetic drive remains elevated during the nighttime even just, I mean, it's, it makes sense. Our bodies are under constant, constant stress of fluctuating blood sugars. We know how important blood sugar control is for everything, all aspects of life. Mm. And so getting that deeper sleep, I think is, was the biggest change for me, but then there's so many benefits to slow breathing. So as for diabetics, we have, um, you know, dysfunctional autonomic nervous system or autonomic control and cardiovascular control and slow breathing is one of the quickest ways to switch the flip or flip the switch, excuse me, and, and take control of your cardiovascular system and increase heart rate variability and, and a lot of these different aspects. And, and a big one is with the carbon dioxide and slow breathing is increasing tissue oxygenation. So I mentioned that earlier, you yes, know, that's a big yeah. thing with nasal breathing. And it turns out that the root cause of a lot of diabetic complications is basically at the cellular level, lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so by reversing that, I think it had a lot of downstream effects on my blood sugar control on just my general well-being. And when you have more energy in the day, you have more energy to manage your blood sugars, you know, Absolutely. it just, it all kind of compounds into a lot of effects, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of benefits behind it. Uh, in your research, have you ever come across anything to do with the breathing side of things and asthma? Yeah. So that's, um, that's why uh, Patrick McCown is doing what he's doing right now with the oxygen advantage. So before the oxygen advantage, 
he was a, uh, and he's still involved with something called the Buteco breathing method. And that's what got him interested in is he was asthmatic his whole life. I think it was, I want to say he was in his early twenties. I could be wrong when he found about Buteco breathing and Buteco breathing is essentially just the breathe through your nose 24 seven, reduce your breathing volume and, and practice some, uh, some intermittent breath holding. Um, and that, that had a profound impact on him. And so he's gone on to, to help, I would say thousands of asthmatics basically reverse asthma by, by breathing less air wow. um, and with children and, and especially, yeah, right. It makes, it seems so counterintuitive and that's, yeah. again, that's why it's actually so much fun and interesting. Cause it's like everything we think we know about breathing, you know, <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, it's not quite right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, with asthma, it's a huge help. And, and that's actually how all of this breathing stuff I think became more mainstream is because Buteco had a bunch of clinical trials showing that reducing your breathing volume basically would cure asthma or, or at least the need for an inhaler for a significant uh, population, a, a number of the population. So in, in simple terms, Patrick McKeown is basically saying that we shouldn't be taking deep breaths? Not deep breaths. We shouldn't be taking big breaths. So right. deep breath is great. You know, that just means bringing the air into your lower lungs, you know, pulling that air in deep. But what most people think of when they hear take a deep breath is take a, you know, yes. big breath. And we yes. don't basically the whole purpose is you don't need more. You want to avoid breathing more than your metabolic requirements. You know, that's the definition of over breathing, breathing more than you need in, in any given time. Uh, and so that's the premise is let's reduce our breathing volume to normal levels. It's not that we're trying to like do breathe less than we need. It's that we want to get it back to the right level and well, chronic stress. To. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like with sleep, you probably help a lot of clients try to get their sleep to normal levels. Yes. We're not trying to sleep for 15 hours. We just no. want them to, to get a good night's rest. And that's all it comes down to with breathing is we just want to get you back to normal levels and practicing some of these reduced breathing techniques will have that long-term effect of reducing your breathing back to normal. I guess too much of anything is a problem, even breathing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? That's, yeah, that's true, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy when you think about it, but I think a, a lot of the population are not aware of how much they are over-breathing, right? So uh, apart from the fact that we've already mentioned that they need to be more aware during the day, whether they breathe through the nose, slowing it down a little bit more what would be what would be the practices that you'd recommend for anyone listening to this right now what would be the things that you'd say right i think in the morning do this afternoon do this evening do this or is there what do you think what, what would be your advice yeah my go-to is just to, to try slow breathing at begin at six breaths per minute and that's that's basically what all of the scientific studies are, are typically right around six breaths per minute. And that's where all the benefits occur for the cardiovascular system, the autonomic nervous system, the respiratory system. And so if you can sit down first thing in the morning, just try a few minutes, two minutes, five minutes, whatever you can do. And take, I use breathing apps. Um, there's several of them out there the, the two I use are I breathe, uh, which is free and yeah. then breathing zone, uh, which isn't free, but also Either one of those, you can just set the timer and do a couple minutes at maybe a four-second inhale or a six-second exhale. That's kind of what I recommend just starting at yep. and, and see how you feel and try that, you know, spaced repetition is one of the easy, best ways to learn any new thing. So if you did it, you know, maybe 
two to five minutes in the morning, two to five minutes in the afternoon, and especially right before bed, maybe while you're laying down, mm. even counting your head if you have to, if you don't want to break out the phone. Yeah. Um, that could be a, that would be the best way to start training yourself to breathe a little slower. And, and then as you get more, as you get comfortable with that, you start maybe reducing the breathing volume some so that you get a little air hunger and, and start getting the levels down too. But I really think focusing on getting, practicing the slow breathing and getting some of the cardiovascular uh, benefits helps people. You feel it, you know, it's, it's not like Wim Hof or anything, but you just, you get that calm kind of focused, you know, mm. mindset. And I think that makes people realize, oh, this, this does work almost yes. instantaneously. And in the book, uh, The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McKeown, um, there's, there's, there's a few exercises in that he mentions. One of them is, is first thing in the morning when you wake up, you do a, a test. Um, is that, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? When, how does it work? Yeah, so that is called the Bolt Score. And it's, a very, it's, it's kind of a similar to what he learned in the Buteco method, which they called it the control pause then. And basically what it is, is it's, it's a quick way to measure your breathing, kind of where are you at from a carbon dioxide tolerance standpoint? Like, you know, how is your breathing? And this is a quick way to measure it. So breath holding in general is a really great, great way to measure a lot of aspects of health. The only thing that with all the tests, just to kind of throw out there is it's really hard to be exact. So if, if you're going to do it, I would suggest just picking a way of doing it that is comfortable for you and can being consistent. But the bolt score, the one he recommends, um, which I, I do every now and then just to check in on myself is basically you just take a, a normal inhale through your nose, a normal exhale through your nose and pinch your nose. And you just hold until the first urge to breathe occurs. It might be that you swallow, it might be that you feel a little contraction in your stomach, you might feel, you know, anything that where you're like, Oh, I need to take a breath, you let go, then you check your timer. Um, and you shouldn't have to breathe heavy afterward, it should be a normal breath. It's basically that's why it's called the controlled pause. Um, it's, it's an easy breath hold and just to see where you're at. Um, typically, if you're above about 25 seconds, you're in you're in good shape, you know, I think the goal in Buteco was around 40 seconds. Wow. Um, uh, but it, it varies, you know, and that's why I think don't just take that as, oh, I'm, I'm out of shape or I'm in bad condition because it takes some practice to, to make sure you're, you're doing it right and to make sure and just watch yourself over time, you know, maybe start doing these exercises. You might notice in one week of just breathing through your nose that your bolt score jumps up five seconds, 10 seconds and, and stays there just from nasal breathing and stuff like that. But, but that's a good one. Any kind of breath hold test though, I think is, is really useful as long as you're consistent. Um, I do the same kind of breath holds every morning and I use that kind of as a gauge for my day. Like if I get a certain time, I'm like, okay, I slept well, I'm doing good. If I get below a certain time, you know, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I didn't sleep well or something. I ate something weird last night. So mm -hmm. it's a really quick feedback mechanism, the breath hold. Wow, okay. So it's a great uh, way to kind of just gauge where you are. And if you're consistent, the bolt score is, is one of the most widely used ones. The, the other couple of things with breath holds as well. One of them is similar to what you just mentioned. You, you take maybe five normal breaths and then you, you hold, you pinch your nose. Uh, and you do that for maybe five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, whatever it might be. That's one of the exercises got in there. And then the other one's got a similar one where you go and you count your paces. So you go for a walk and you do your normal breathing and then you 
stop breathing uh, for maybe like, I don't know, seven paces, eight paces. Is that something that you do as well? Yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of the walking breath holds because I like incorporating a little bit of movement rather than just kind of laying there and, and holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's several different ways to do it, but that's the, the easiest and probably for me, the most beneficial is just walking, inhale, exhale, pinch your nose and just count your paces, start slow, you know, do 10, do 20, see how it feels and make sure you can recover pretty quickly. You know, two or three breaths, you should be back to normal. Mm. And then if, if, if that feels comfortable, uh, you can push it a little farther. Uh, I hate to give advice over a, this medium, you know, because you kind of have to watch a person. It's really nice to monitor heart rate because if they hold their breath for say 20 paces and then, you know, five minutes later, their heart rate's still elevated, there might be an issue that a cardiovascular an underlying cardiovascular issue that we need to address before we hold the breath anymore. If you're pregnant, of course, do not hold your breath. So there's a lot of caveats, but yeah. Um, once you feel comfortable with that, you can incorporate. So what I do every morning is I do, I walk while holding your breath. And then once it gets kind of difficult, I start to walk a lot faster. And then once it gets real hard, I start jogging and then I, right. I stop. And so that kind of progression it's interesting because the, the you're increasing the exercise slightly by walking faster than jogging, but it, it allows you to hold your breath a little longer, it seems. And I, oh, wow. I don't know why. It's something mental, but um, but I, I really enjoy that one. And, and you can drop your blood oxygen saturation, you know, a quick drop and bring it back up and, and get to stimulate some of the, the effects of breath hold training, which we haven't really talked about much, but, um, but there are some benefits to that as well. And so th- that's one of the practices I think that I started doing immediately when I read mm. the book, uh, The Oxygen Advantage is just the walking breath holds and noticed, uh, I think that really helped with my energy levels and, and also with some of the blood sugar control, but. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, to finish off uh, a couple of, couple of, I normally ask, basically I've got four uh, values I live my life by. One is, is health, wealth, love, and happiness. And I tend to make sure there's a percentage in each to equate to a hundred percent. I think if one of those is imbalanced, it needs to be addressed. Um, um, it's something that I want to ask you today. I, I want you, because the, the, the name of the, the podcast is Breathe Success, is what does success look like to you in, the term, in terms of health? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's a lot of measurements, right? Especially yeah. as a diabetic, if my HbA1c is good. And then, of course, breath hold, like I just said, breath hold is such a good measure of health. But I think success for me is just waking up, having the energy and enthusiasm to do the things I love. And that's kind of a byproduct of all the other things. But if I have energy and my mind is like, I'm excited about this, I know my health is on. Awesome. And in terms of wealth, what would you uh, consider that to be a success? I guess for me, it would be uh, if, if I had... If I had enough money to pay my my expenses without having to work, so it'd be a choice, right? <laughs> having the choice to to work or not, and I would always choose to work. But um, working, you know, if if I could just study breathing all day and have my expenses yeah. paid, that would be wealth, or you know. But you know, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's not about for me. Wealth's about buying ourselves time, right? Exactly right. Yeah, and so there is there's time wealth. There's you know decision wealth. There's there's yeah. a, there's a different aspects of wealth. Of course, yeah. of course. And yeah. in terms of uh, love, what does success look like to you? Oh well, of course, my my wife and my daughter and my two dogs. But I guess success in that area would be 
you know, being, being old and, and happy together, married and happy, you know, that old couple that you're like, man, they're yeah. still in love, you know, that. They're I think still that holding hands good. when they walk in. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the, yeah, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's my goal for success. And in terms of happiness, what does success look like? I guess there's a, there's a, I'll, I'll say a, a quote I love by, uh, by Gandhi, but he says success is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are all in harmony. And I think that's a beautiful way. And for me, uh, it's that last part of, of doing. I feel like I've, I'm the happiest and I'm successful in being happy when I'm pursuing, I'm in the pursuit of doing, you know, I have a goal and I'm, yeah. I'm in the action of, of going after it. And when it aligns with what I think and what I'm saying and yeah. now what I'm doing, that's yes. when I feel the happiest. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And last but not least, what I'd like you to ask you is uh, your top three books that you've ever read. Uh, Okay, let's see. Man, I, it's probably going to be most recent. That's fine. But my my number one most recent would be Wooden. Uh, that's a okay. John Wooden, amazing book. Um, then probably number two would be Atomic Habits. That one has been a game changer recently. My wife is currently reading that, and she's astonished. Yeah, it's it's yeah. That's a he's such a great writer, and yeah, yeah, James awesome. Clear, right? Yeah, James Clear, perfect last name for, for yeah, his writing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. And then the, the third would be my third favorite book. I have, I'll, I'll say because I've probably read it the, uh, several times, and it has a, a cheesy title, I think, but it's called How to Be Better at Almost Everything, and it's by Pat Flynn, but not, oh, there's, a, there's like a really, there's, well, there's a really famous Pat Flynn, right? No, the podcast, that does like, Pat Flynn. No, no, no. So this, right, right, this is a, a really like, I don't even know how I got, the, I think I found the book. It, I only have the audio version, but it, it's, it's a, I would say that's a really unique book that okay. changed my, my outlook on just about everything, how to be better at almost everything by Pat Flynn. So yeah. I'll try and get all the links in the notes for all of these books. I'll try and find them all and pop them. Anybody that wants to get them, they'll go straight to the link and hopefully they, awesome. they can get it. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I'll just want you to tell everyone where they can find Nick in terms of if they want to see, uh, follow you, see more about what you do, um, where, where, they can, where, where can people go? Yes, so I have um, my website, thebreathingdiabetic.com, is uh, full of all the information we talked about today and, and tons more. I, I, I put out a lot of information there. I also have a newsletter that basically every week I just send a review of an article with some more personality. I, I give a little more speculation and have a little more fun on it rather than trying to be too scientific. Yep. Um, so that's probably the best way to find me there. Um, on Instagram, I'm the breathing diabetic. And then if they're interested specifically in the oxygen advantage for like performance and things, my wife and I have something, uh, a business called black sand yoga. So she teaches yoga and then I do oxygen advantage training. Um, her yoga classes will kick your butt if you're looking for a good virtual workout. Uh, awesome. nasal, try to do some nasal breathing throughout it. It's tough, but um, but yeah. So those are the best ways to find us. Awesome, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for taking your time out of your day. Um, I appreciate your time and look forward to connecting again in the future. And um, yeah, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Heller. Really appreciate it. I'll speak to you soon. All right, take care, buddy. All right. See you soon. Bye bye.